Walks Connecting. London Walks here with your daily London fix. Story time, history time. Another day, another London poet. Wonder if we're in danger of getting a tradition started here. A tradition within a tradition. The other thought that's crossed my mind in this connection is maybe, at last, I'm on a true north alignment. Everything before was magnetic north. But since my first love has always been English literature and poetry, well, yes, maybe this, if it is the beginnings of a London Walks podcast tradition, is true north. And what I like about this one is this is a poet you won't have heard of. This is going to be well and truly new to you. His name is Philip Burke Marston, and we're burying him today, on February 18, 1887, burying him in unconsecrated ground without a religious service at Highgate Cemetery, as per his request. So who was Philip Burke Marston? A Londoner through and through? He was born in Camden Town in 1850, the son of a solicitor who packed in his legal career for the theater and poetry. The novelist Dinah Mulock Crake was a godparent. She wrote a poem, Philip My King, for her baby godson. The poem begins hauntingly with the lines, Look at me with thy large brown eyes, Philip my king. Hauntingly, because when that baby boy became a three-year-old toddler, his sight became impaired. We don't know why. It's been suggested that it may have been caused by an infection following an accidental blow. Or the use of belladonna against scarlet fever. Or even cataracts. Growing up, he had some sight. In his own words, he could see the tree boughs waving in the wind the pageant of sunset in the west, and glimmer of a fire upon the hearth. But by the time he was twenty, he was completely blind. Those large, beautiful, dark brown eyes that Dinah Crake had fallen in love with when he was a baby, and that everybody was transfixed by when he grew up, a point all of his biographers commented on. Those large, beautiful, dark brown eyes were sightless. And a consequence of his disability, he never learned to read. His poetry was always dictated. Poetry-wise, he was to the manner born. The great Victorian poets Algernon Charles Swinburne and Dante Gabriel Rossetti were regular visitors to his family home. Rossetti famously declared that some of Philip Marston's lyrics were worthy of Shakespeare. Praise doesn't come any higher than that. It ends badly, though. His mother died in 1870, his fiancée in 1871, a close friend in 1874. By 1880, he's out of money. His health declines. He becomes an alcoholic. Despite it all, he manages to establish a literary club that met monthly at his house at 191 Euston Road, where the Welcome Collection stands today. I will have walked by there hundreds of times when I was a student at University College London. One's ignorance, it's humbling. 
as is the power of London to surprise and astonish with its wonders. Philip Marston died at home of apoplexy on February 14th. As I said, we're burying him today. And doing so, let's read one of his greatest poems, so appropriate in the circumstances. It's called After Summer. Goes like this. After Summer by Philip Marston. We'll not weep for summer over. No, not we. Strew above his head the clover. Let him be. Other eyes may weep his dying. Shed their tears there upon him, where he's lying with his peers. Unto some of them he proffered gifts most sweet. For our hearts a grave he offered. Was this meet? All our fond hopes, praying, perished in his wrath, and the lovely dreams we cherished strewed his path. Shall we in our tombs, I wonder, fall apart, sundered wide as seas can sunder, heart from heart, dream it all of all the sorrows that were ours, bitter nights, more bitter morrows, poison flowers summer gathered, as in madness, saying, See, These are yours in place of gladness, gifts from me. Nay, the rest that will be ours is supreme, and below the poppy flowers steals no dream. You've been listening to the London History Podcast for February 18th, emanating from www.walks.com, home of London Walks, London's signature walking tour company, London's local time-honored, fiercely independent, family-owned, just the right size walking tour company. And as long as we're at it, London's multi-award-winning walking tour company, indeed, London's only award-winning walking tour company. And here's the secret. London Walks is essentially run as a guides cooperative. That's the key to everything. It's the reason we're able to attract and keep the best guides in London. You can get schlubbers to do this for 20 pounds a walk, but you cannot get world-class guides, let alone accomplished professionals. It's not rocket science. You get what you pay for. And just as surely, you also get what you don't pay for. Back in 1968, when we got started, we quickly came to a fork in the road. We had to answer a searching question. Do we want to make the most money? Or do we want to be the best walking tour company in the world? You want to make the most money, you go the schlubber's route. You want to be the best walking tour company in the world, you do whatever you have to do to attract and keep the best guides in London. You want them guiding for you, not for somebody else. Bears repeating, the way we're structured, a guides cooperative, is the key to the whole thing. It's the reason for all those awards. It's the reason people who know go with London Walks. It's the reason we've got a large following, a lively, loyal, discerning following. Quality attracts quality. It's the reason we're able, uniquely, to front our walks with accomplished, in many cases, distinguished professionals. Barristers, doctors, geologists, museum curators, archaeologists, historians, criminal defense lawyers, Royal Shakespeare Company actors, a bevy of MVPs. 
Oscar winners, people who've won the Guide of the Year Award. Well, you get the idea. As that travel writer famously put it, if this were a golf tournament, every name on the leaderboard would be a London Walks guide. And as we put it, London Walks guides make the new familiar, and the familiar new. And on that agreeable note, come then, let us go forward together on some great London Walks. See you next time, when we'll tear our pleasure with rough strife through the iron gates of London life.